Welcome to the Taking It Outside podcast from Spring Hill Outfitters, the show that connects you with the outdoors, with experts on guns, archery, cooking, outdoor gear, and more. Here's your host, Trent Lassiter. Welcome back, and what's going on? We are uh, back for another season of Taking It Outside here at Spring Hill Outfitters. We've taken a few months off, and we are back, and we're better than ever. Last season was good, but I'm going to tell you this season's going to be better than last season. And uh, missed you guys. It's been a while. Got a fun episode planned today, of course, before we get to that. We uh, would love to you for you to come find us on all major podcast platforms, such as Spotify, Amazon, Google, Facebook now. Of course, our YouTube channel, all social media platforms. Newly, TikTok. I think we started TikTok maybe since our last season. But find us on TikTok, Facebook. Instagram, springhilloutfitters.com, our brand new online store we talked about last year during last season is still up and going, a lot of new stuff on there. So check out our website, and uh, let's see, Joe, Joe's still around, he came back for season two, he's uh, the man behind the scenes who edits everything and makes it all sound as good as he can, I always thank Joe Gilly Productions for the work that he does. So uh, yeah, season two, episode one. We're in a new studio, which really isn't that new. We just changed from this wall to this wall and added some stuff and a sign and new microphones. So uh, a couple of thanks, Smithfield Sign Design, Mr. Virgil and Mr. Ben Yansom for the awesome sign that's newly installed within the last couple of days. Uh, thanks to Mr. Kevin Parrish and my father, Mr. Don Lassiter, for helping redo this wall. Uh, it doesn't look bad. But I, I did a lot better than I could do, I know. So anyway, thank them for helping uh, do some renovation. We renovated the studio, same room. We're at the opposite end of the table, and we have a new backdrop. So, uh, yeah, so we're gonna, we've got a fun episode. We will talk to this young man to my right, your left. I'd like to introduce him now, who is Master Wildlife Officer Joseph Spears. What's going on? Not much. Happy to be here. Good. Good morning. Good morning. So, uh been working on this episode actually for a while into last season. I uh, couldn't quite make it work out with my timing and his timing and our schedules, but we're here now to kick off the new season with uh, Mr. Spears here. And we are, if you can't tell by his uniform, he is a wildlife officer with a state of North Carolina. And uh, so we're going to talk turkey hunting and fishing and boating and all kinds of good stuff. Before we get into that, tell us a little bit about yourself. So I grew up in Wake County, Wake County and Johnson County. My parents were divorced, but grew up on a family farm, got into hunting and fishing a little bit with my grandpa until he got sick, and then I really didn't get into it until the end of high school. But at the end of high school, um, some people that are from the area might remember wildlife officer Brent Ward. He's recently retired in the past couple of years, but he would come on the farm all the time and check stuff out. I've always wanted to do either military or law enforcement, and I'm like, that seems like a pretty cool job. Yeah. Get to walk around, check people hunting and fishing. So I started going towards that. I applied three times to actually get this job. Ended up having to join the military before they finally took me. <laughs> so I had to sign my life away, but ended up getting in. So I joined the Army National Guard after high school. Ended up getting to the rank of sergeant as an intelligence analyst. And after three times, I finally was able to get into the field of being a wildlife officer. So you started in what, 2015? Yeah, so I started in 2015 is when okay. I went through the academy. Our academy is six months long, and then we do six months of field training. Yeah, I've got I've grown up, you know, high school, college age guys that like the outdoors and mm -hmm. like hunting. A game warden 
or wildlife officer. Uh, it's always a lot of guys always talk about doing that. It would be a fun job. Kind of like a law enforcement slash you get to kind of enjoy the outdoors all at the same time. Yep. Uh, I've had some close friends, uh, Mr. Wes Barger. I don't know if you know Wes or not. Wes. Yes, he was my lieutenant up to retired. Yeah, Wes uh, used to teach our concealed carry classes here. If you ever had a concealed carry class at the old store, and he also came here for a little while and did some classes when we moved here in 2011. But uh, Wes was an awesome guy. It's just super nice guy and he uh moved his way up in the ranks i know in the uh as a wildlife officer and he was a super nice guy but he had all kinds of stories and that's what i enjoyed his i took his concealed carry class myself a long time ago but he had all kind of fun stories and and uh, obviously it's a very dangerous very serious job just like law enforcement of course but you know the, that's the, the talking about the danger part of it everybody during hunting season that you're encountering you're pretty much going to assume they have a weapon of some kind yeah, pretty much everybody has a gun. Yeah. Even during fishing and boating season, yeah. majority of those people have guns too. But I will say most of the time they're just nice people. Yeah. Don't have too many problems. There are the exceptions. So. There always <laughs> is. That is very it's true. It's like our great customer here at Spring Hill Outfitters. 99% of them are great people. Yep, just that 1%. That 1% will get that's you. That's right. So. Uh, so, yeah, that's always – I've never – luckily, uh, knock on wood, never had any bad encounters, always good encounters. And I tell a lot of people like state troopers – or deputies or any law enforcement officer, if they you have an encounter with them and you're following the rules and you're polite, then you won't have any issues. Genuinely nice people that I've ever come in contact with. My first experience getting stopped was Mr. Sam Craft in Wilson. Years ago, we were fishing or hunting, duck hunting with a John boat. I was probably in college and, and uh, parked there on Little Creek Church Road or a little drop, whenever, anyway, outside of Lucoma. And uh, had my truck parked, had a 12-foot John boat, meet a buddy, Pulled up to my truck on the on the John boat to, to leave that day, and Sam was sitting there. I said, "That's the game warden." So we got out. Obviously, everything was legit. The biggest thing I remember is we had our decoys at the time. We had horses, so we had all of our decoys, which was probably a half dozen wood duck decoys, in a Mule City feed bag. Uh-huh. And he saw that feed bag, and he was like, "Got his attention." So uh, anyway, he checked the bag. It was all decoys. Helped us pull the boat out. Helped us put everything up. Checked our license. Everything was good. And uh, great experience. We were scared. You know, I don't care if you're driving down the road and you see a police officer, you get scared, even if you're following the law. You yep. still just get you get nervous. Yeah, it does heighten the awareness a bit. So you enjoy what you do, I guess, right? Oh, I love it. Every day is different. Uh, this time of year, you know, turkey season is coming up. Yeah. So we're out walking, checking spots, see if we can find where people might turkey hunt. And ho- we hope that everybody is legal, of course, but we do look for those that are going to break the law. But like we're going to talk about later, won't be long, we'll be getting into fishing and boating season. Yeah. Once that's out, be right back into dove, deer t- season, duck season, and it'll just start all over. So every day is a little bit different. Some days I'm here, and like next week I'll be in court. So, so you work with the area you cover as what? So I'm assigned to Johnston County, and I also patrol Wake County. So okay. I cover both those counties. And are you by yourself in Johnston County? Most counties have one officer. I was by myself for the first four years I was here, but we do have two officers now in Johnston County. Okay. So uh... – Going back to what you're doing now, obviously, opening day of turkey season is this weekend in this area. So some, I know some, we have customers that hunt down in South Carolina and Georgia, and they came in the last few weeks. I guess most of the seasons kind of follow from south to north when they come in. So ours in this area starts this weekend. Uh, Youth Day was this past weekend on Saturday, and uh, so – we're going to talk turkey hunting to start with, and my first question, and we've got a little outline here, but we're not, we don't kind of halfway follow it. But uh, I've always been curious. The, the rule is you can't hunt, you can't hunt over bait corn. Yep. 
Correct. And the, the rule is 10 days. Uh, 10 days, the corn's got to be gone 10 days before you hunt. Correct. Yep. How do you know what? How do you know if it's gone ten days or eleven days or nine days? Or I mean, do you, are you out checking that stuff like now, looking for corn and stuff, or how does that work? Yeah. So before the season comes in, um, whether it's an area that we know there's going to be a lot of turkeys, we're seeing a lot of turkey sign. We've had reports in the past or current report. We'll go and check those spots if we find something that's a baited spot, whether it's corn, bird seed, whatever they're using to bring the turkeys in. We'll document it, take pictures, get a sample, and then. If somebody hunts it before it, that 10-day window is gone, then they would be charged with hunting over bait. Gotcha. Yeah, that's one thing. So we, um, we've we got – so the Strut Masters Championship, North Carolina Strut Masters Championship is tomorrow, and we've got some guys hunting some of our land in Hyde County for that, and, and uh, both of them are law enforcement officers. One is a carry police officer, and one is a North Carolina Highway Patrol uh, trooper. And um, so they're very OCD about – this 10 day which i thought it was two weeks so we were four days extra but they uh they're very ocd if we put cameras up two or three months ago but of course we put corn there which in hyde county if you know anything about hyde county you know in a week's time forget turkeys but the bear and the mm-hmm. deer corn has no chance on staying a week anyway but we put some corn out in front of the cameras to try to draw to see what kind of traffic we had and we went down there two weeks to the day because we thought it was two weeks, but two weeks of the day to make sure every kernel of corn was gone. Yep. And uh, so we're perfectly legal while the corn's gone. If you're listening to this and working in Hyde County, we're safe. But you can come by and check out and hang out with the guys. I won't be there. But anyway, uh, so uh, that's always – that was a question I had on how you know if the corn's gone that 10-day window. And I know deer and we're going all over the place, but waterfowl season, obviously you can't hunt over bait and corn and that kind of – that's a whole separate conversation for maybe later in the year, but uh, – and I've heard of stories of wildlife officials putting out trail cameras and things like that and ways to monitor areas. So the best thing to do is follow the rules. Yep. There will be no questions. But So, yeah, uh, corn's got to be gone 10 days prior if you're planning on hunting. Obviously, now it's too late. If you're listening to this, you're like, shoot, you better regroup and go <laughs> pick the corn up and wait 10 days. Yep, but just wait a couple weeks. Do it right now. But, so open today is this weekend. And I've, I don't know, and obviously you're in Johnson County mostly, but I've seen more birds in this area. Have you noticed that? I saw 30 this morning. Can you tell me what field, and what's the address yeah, of that? Yeah, let me get you the coordinates. <laughs> yeah, what's the X and Y coordinates? But no, we've got a couple of farms in this area. I live right here not far from the store, and I've got one hen. That's, uh, growing up, I've not seen a turkey anywhere in Johnson County my whole life. And the last couple of years, I've seen more and more. And I've got one hen that stays by my house at a patch of woods, and she'll come out about every day or so. But we've got some land five or ten miles from here, and there's a pile of turkeys in there. And you never saw one ten years ago. Yeah, they're booming around here. So uh, it's a good thing as far as we're concerned because it's a kind of a whole new season that we get to sell stuff for, such as guns and ammo and and uh, turkey decoys and that kind of stuff. But uh, more and more folks, I think, are getting into turkey hunting in Johnson County in this area because you're starting to see them come in. I don't know if they're coming in from the north or the south or where they're coming from. But, but uh, more birds around, which is a good thing for us. Uh, so let's talk license. You're going turkey hunting tomorrow. The corn's gone or you didn't put corn out. That's the safest thing to do. So all the corn's gone. That's all out of the way. You're going hunting tomorrow. What kind of license? If you're going to go buy a license today, what do you need to go turkey hunting? So for most people, I normally recommend a sportsman license because most people, not only do they hunt, but they also like to go fishing. So the sportsman covers everything. It includes your basic hunting and your big game license. Mm -hmm. And then it comes with your inland fishing. Um, Somebody that likes inland fishing and coastal, we recommend a unified sportsman. covers everything. But if you're just going turkey hunting, you need your basic hunting license and your big game license. 
So you would get your comprehensive hunting license. So if you went, let's say you're a big duck hunter and you went duck hunting this past season, well, let's say deer hunting, you're a big deer hunter, and you went deer hunting this past season, you've already got your hunting license, depending on when you bought them. You should have them for a year. And you got your big game tags, so they should be good yep. without having to buy anything else, depending on when you got them. So your big game tags run July 1st through June the 30th. Mm-hmm. So uh, if you deer hunt, you should be good. Just make sure your license is still in check and haven't expired yet. But uh, So uh, just like killing a deer, if you kill a turkey, you have to report it on your big game card, right? That's right. So on your report card, once you've actually killed the turkey, you'd have to validate that report card. There's going to be a month and a day, so whatever date is. So April 9th, opening day, you would punch out the April and then the number 9. And now you can move the turkey. Prior to doing that, you're not allowed to move the turkey. You have to do that first. Then you have until noon the next day or before processing the turkey to call 1-800-I-GOT-ONE or you can go online and do it. And then they'll give you an authorization number that you would take and you just write it on that same spot. And now you can do whatever you need to do with that turkey. Hmm. And the same applies for deer. So, yeah, if you're getting into turkey hunting this year for the first time, which, I, like I said, there's more and more folks. This is their first season. So I hope you take notes of this podcast. But just like a deer is treated as far as registering the deer, registering the turkey, reporting the turkey. Uh, so laws, let's say laws that are, uh, kind of unique for turkey hunting. I know the corn's got to be gone and that's, that's how baiting is always kind of, I guess that's state to state on what you can do over. Like people think we're crazy in North Carolina for you can bait deer. Like some states you can't do that, but here you can. So what are some specific laws that are kind of unique if somebody's getting into turkey hunting this year, that's kind of unique for turkey hunting in North Carolina? So for turkey hunting, obviously we talked about the baiting laws. You also can only use a shotgun and arch or archery equipment to take a wild turkey. No so rifles. No rifles, no pistols, and you can't use a dog to take a turkey. Um, beyond that, that's pretty much the main thing. Um, what types of turkeys you can take, you can take a bearded turkey. Now, bearded means just that. It does not necessarily mean male or female. If it's a bearded hen, you can lawfully take it, but it does have to have a beard. So, And I'm, I'm, a, I'm a new turkey hunter myself. I killed my first bird this past year, so I hadn't been doing it a long time. So uh, I'm asking for myself too, but a bearded hen. So I know the Strut Masters Championship is tomorrow, and they have a category or a prize for the largest bearded hen. But I hear some people that say they never would shoot a bearded hen because it's kind of like you know, not not it's not ethical, but it's some guys frown or some people not guys, sorry, but some people frown upon shooting bearded hens. And the, I mean, is that like uh, it's legal, of course. But, I mean, is that – does some guy – do you see that, too? Some people don't shoot bearded hens, or is it – and your book just – I mean, obviously it's legal, so it's legal. But from an ethical standpoint, what do you – do you hear people talk about any at all? Or? Uh, normally, when it's like that, it's more of the superstitious side right. of it. Like, a lot of people don't like to shoot an albino buck. Right. Um, some people don't care. It is legal to do it, but they they don't think that it's a good idea. It's more superstition right. is what I've seen. Is it legal to shoot a duck on the water? It is legal. But it's frowned upon. Kind of the same. Yeah. That's why I'm, I, that's kind of my analogy on a bearded hen. You can shoot a duck on the water. Uh, I've encouraged that sometimes at our place, depending on if it's a kid or somebody that's just started hunting. It's not illegal. It's not you know. Anyway, but uh, so bearded hens this weekend. If you're hunting the strut masters, you can win I think twenty five hundred dollars. So rock and roll. That's what I told my guys that are hunting on Team Spring Hill. I said, look, you know, you don't shoot one if you don't want to, but twenty five hundos is twenty five hundos. That's right. All right, so bearded hens, uh, turkeys, you can kill two turkeys a season. Yep. But only one per day. One a day. So the daily limit is one. So you can shoot one in the morning or the evening, whatever time you end up harvesting one. you got to wait until the next day before you can go after number two. Hmm. Okay. And 
even though youth week has passed, you're only allowed if you're a youth to take one turkey during youth week. So if you were to harvest one next year during youth week and you're a youth, let's say you're 16 this year, next year you're 17, you go again, you can only take one that first week. And then you have to wait till the general season comes in to get your second one. And youth week is not youth day. It's a whole week. So it's, it's a whole week. Okay. Yep. So I'm learning stuff today too. I know like with duck hunting and waterfowl, which is I'm more familiar with the legal law side of things you can it's a youth day but for turkey hunting it's youth week yep it's an entire week and while we're on that the week includes sunday you can hunt on sundays or not yeah so turkey um they are not considered they're not federally protected it's an upland game bird not a federally migratory game bird so you can hunt it in north carolina on sundays you cannot use a firearm between 9 30 and 12 30 and you cannot hunt within 500 yards of a place of worship so a church a mosque a synagogue you have to be 500 yards away um, you can bow hunt all day on Sunday, but during 9.30 and 12.30, you cannot use your shotgun. If any of my hunting or shooting team guys are listening to this, I think that was a question on the test this year. We studied that anyway, which we'll talk more about the shooting team in a little bit, but I think that was a question on the test was uh, the Sunday. We had us outside of the church hours and all that kind of Duck hunting, uh, you cannot duck hunt on Sunday currently, currently in North Carolina. Maybe that's going to change sometime. You think? You don't know. Maybe. I don't. I don't make those. He's not, he's not. That's not. <laughs> not it's his job. My pay grade. Yep. Yeah. That's been a. That's a whole separate conversation. I know. But a lot of talk the last couple of years about waterfowl hunting. A lot of states can hunt. You just could start shooting uh, hunting deer on Sundays. The last couple of years here, right? Used to you could not. Yeah, I believe that I came through when that. I went to the academy. I just changed that. So, anyway, turkey hunting, you're good. Duck hunting, not so much. Um, let's see what else. Turkey hunting, trespassing. So if you're uh, turkey hunting or any kind of hunting, uh, obviously everybody doesn't have the ability to own their own private land and uh, areas to hunt. But before you get out start riding around like I tend to do sometimes, looking for turkeys in the field that somebody else may own, uh, you better make sure who owns the land and make sure you don't uh, trespass. So while we're on trespassing, whether you're turkey hunting or any kind of hunting, uh, what's some, some tips on, I mean, obviously if you don't own the land, it's not yours. Now, legally, if the land's not posted, no trespassing, you can or cannot hunt on that land. What's the So that depends on line. the county you're in. Okay. So um, we'll start with just posted property. Basically, okay. if you see a posted sign or if you see purple paint, that means you have to have written permission on your person. doesn't mean you can't hunt the property. If you can find out who owns that land, you can go to your local county GIS system, look it up. Hey, John Smith owns this property. You go talk to John Smith. You ask him for permission, and he gives you a piece of paper. It's good for 12 months, good for a year. Okay. You can now hunt that property. If you don't have that piece of paper, you can't hunt that property if it's posted. So purple paint or signs that say posted, no trespassing. Now, that's across the state. That's the Landowner Protection Act. Now, in some counties, there's written permission laws where even if the land is not posted, you have to have written permission. Johnston County is one of those counties. So is Wake County. You have to have written permission, signed and dated for that year, and you have to carry it on your person. So in Johnston County, you go up to a piece of property, there's no signs, no paint. You still have to have that okay. piece of paper. So, so no matter what, make sure you get your permission. <laughs> yeah, well, basically check check the back of your regulations book, look at your particular county, and find out if you have that law in your county. Some don't. Some do. Johnston okay. and Wake County, you have to have written permission. Another question I have, purple paint means no trespassing. Can you paint uh, power poles purple? I see that. Something I heard you can. I heard you cannot. Do you technically, it belongs to Duke to, Progress to, yeah. or whoever. So you'd so, have to get their permission technically. Technically, no. You're not supposed to do that. I see that a lot. We've not done that. I've seen that a lot. But, uh, yeah, so if you have land uh, that you don't want somebody else to hunt, post it, 
paint some purple lines around trees or not power poles, but purple signs or something. And uh, make sure that's, you know, going back to I'm a hunter ed instructor. I mean, I haven't instructed a class in a long time, but still certified, I guess. But one thing, you know, obviously we teach in hunter education is, is uh, you know, a lot of people like hunting. And uh, a lot of people don't like hunting. And yet some folks that are in between that, you know, really don't care a whole lot. But we always try to make sure we follow the rules. And uh, you don't want to piss off a landowner. Uh, respect the people's land. If you have, uh, you see a deer or you see a turkey that you want to try to go on that land and hunt, I res- support that 100% to find out who owns it. Contact the person. Uh, but when you do stupid stuff and trash people's stuff and other people, you know, one person makes a mistake, it affects everybody else. But the more we're responsible across the board, the more option or more chances you have on that person saying, sure. Like we saw some turkeys the other day, not long, uh, a week or so ago, buddy of mine called, found out who owned the land, and that person was an older gentleman who had a grandson that he wanted to hunt, you know, until he killed his first bird. He said, after he kills his first bird, then we can hunt it. But So, anyway, on trespassing, make sure – that you uh, always find out who owns the land before you just lollygag in there and start hunting. Um, let's see, high school shooting program. So we talked about that a minute while ago. Uh, you're involved, I know, with the shooting uh, shooting teams at the high schools. That's done through the State Wildlife Commission in North Carolina. Great program. I've been involved for a long time. And uh, North Johnson High School has a team. And I will say we had our district tournament uh district three that's what our district yep, is right? district yeah, three. Three. had our tournament a few weeks ago and north johnson did really well i was very proud of our young men and young women and so there's i don't there's 16 i think there were 16 senior teams that competed and five junior teams which is middle school but uh so there's several counties in district three but the top three teams were from johnson county which is pretty cool so princeton got first north johnson got second and south johnson got third so very proud. A lot of our loyal customers were on all three of those teams and very proud of what those young guys and girls, I've done it. I've been involved coaching for 14, 15 years plus now, and the level of competition is crazy. I mean, our crowd did really good, like in my book. They did really good. And they got smoked Princeton, smoked them, which I'm happy. I'm, I like Princeton. Good folks. We like Princeton. So uh, very proud of Princeton, but our guys did well too, guys and girls. But the level of competition is just crazy. But it's a great program. I know you're involved. Uh, a lot of the wildlife officials were involved that day in running the event, and I'm uh, very appreciative of that. It's a great, like I said, these kids, young people, uh, really enjoy it a lot, and it's a great program. So I don't know if you have anything to say on that or what your thoughts are on the district competition. But No, I thought it went very well. Um, it was probably one of the smoothest operations that we've had, at least since I've been working. Um, I will say if, if you're a parent ha- that has a child that wants to get involved and your school doesn't have it, there are other options, but... I would try to reach out to your school administrators and see if it is something they're willing to consider. Uh, the more schools we can get involved, the better to expose the youth to these types of programs. And that'll go into the next one we're going to talk about, which is the NAS program, which is natural National Archery in Schools program. Mm-hmm. It might be easier to start with a program like that in a school yeah. because then they don't see shotgun, rifle. I know that can scare a lot of school administrators. Yeah. It's just archery. Yeah. And it's a great way to start. It can roll very easily into that hunter safety team as well to make it where when you do that part of the competition, they've had years potentially of archery practice. And that's a great program. I don't think, I don't think North Johnson has ever had a NASP program, but we've been involved in some schools that have, and the state has great uh, resources and funding and whatnot kind of to help start that up in your school. Like you said, if you have a need or if your kid goes to a certain school, 
uh, in Johnson County or any county around here. That's a great program. They have uh, mostly Genesis bows, I think, they use. Yeah, uh, all and, Genesis, uh, all the same. So it's, uh, you learn a lot of good techniques, and uh, safety is always our top priority. Even with the hunter safety team, we always stress safety. You have to have a uh, hunter education class to participate in the tournament, and we practice quite a bit. I know North Johnson does, um, but we uh, practice. Every time we practice archery, rifle, or shotgun, we always stress safety. So uh, learn a lot, and uh, the top two teams from each district go to the state competition. So that would be Princeton and North Johnston. And I think on the junior side, Princeton Middle School had a team as well that advanced to the state tournament, which is April 30th. So uh, good luck. If you're listening from Princeton or any of our crowd from North Johnston, uh, congrats and good luck at states. Anything else on that? Well, I'll also be at the state tournament, so there you go. I'll see you all there as well. I, unfortunately, am not a good coach, and I will not be there. It's the same day as Beach Fest at the farm. So if you're not got a kid in States, <laughs> go to Beach Fest. But uh, I hate it. I, I, I do hate it. But uh, I, I, I won't be there. we got a couple of other uh, good coaches and parents and alumni from the school that are going to take our crowd and, and represent, hopefully, well. But, uh, yeah, it's a good program. We've done it for a while, and, and uh, it takes a lot of time and money, and, and the store supports the program a lot. and. It's a good uh, good program. So if you're in the area and want to get more information on that, let me know, and we'll try to help you out all we can. Uh, let's see. Summertime is close. Springtime is here now. The weather's trying to get warm. I think we're having a hard time getting several warm days in a row. We get one warm day, and then it's back to 30 degrees the next day, yep. which ain't good for blueberry bushes, and you got a garden planted yet. It's that time of the year. But anyway, uh, fishing. Everybody's getting ready to start fishing here. And uh, we tried a couple of days ago, actually, to uh, – oh, we got a farm pond here, and some guys were trying to catch some brim to uh, – they're in a catfish tournament or something coming up soon. They are trying to catch some brim to use and, for that and had a hard time. They didn't want to bite it. It's still kind of cold that day. But it's getting getting warmed up. We're getting ready to go to Buckcorn and and uh, the Noose and Little River and farm ponds and the beach and do all kinds of fishing. So uh, we'll talk fishing for a second. Obviously, like you mentioned, with license a while ago – uh, in North Carolina, there's two different types of fishing license. Correct, yep. Which you is your, your – Inland and your coastal. Yep. Inland. The coastal was added since we opened the store. It's probably been 10 or 15 years ago, I guess, now. But So now uh, that's what makes the unified and the sportsman. That's the unified part is coastal. But if you're going to fish inland, make sure you have an inland fishing license. If you're going to fish saltwater at the beach, offshore, whatever it may be, make sure you have – and where's the line? What What determines what's inland versus coastal? So if you go to our website, it actually you can see map. that website. Okay. It shows it um, either our website or Marine Fisheries because Marine Fisheries handles all the coastal fishing regulations. Okay. We don't. Okay. So if you've got a farm pond, let's say you own some land or your parents own land, whatever it may be, and you've got a pond on your land that you own, do you set up a fishing license or not? No. Fishing license is only for public water. So if it's private, like a farm pond, you would not need a fishing license. I wish there would be a law. Maybe there is a law. Is there a law on how do you – <laughs> going back to trespassing and, and, and hunting somebody else's land. We have a lot of issues. We have a pond uh, on our farm that we fish, and my grandkids, my, my niece and nephew, fish and had it for years. But every summer we'll have three or four people that we come across that are out there fishing in that pond because they saw it on GIS or they're searching around the county and saw a body of water and thought they could fish it. There's not a law to kind of – what's the trespassing rule? On that? Is so there a rule? The, the Landowner Protection Act, like we're talking about with the post signs, purple paint, right. also applies to fishing. Okay. So if your land's posted, 
you have to have permission to also fish that property. And Johnston County is one of the few counties that also has a written permission law for fishing. Okay. So Good. in Johnston County, you have to have permission even to fish on somebody's property. Yeah. And I, out of respect, like I said, the last guy was a young guy this past summer. I was riding down and saw a car out there and pulled in. I was like, what are you doing? He's like, fishing. So you can't, who are you? You can't fish here. It's like, well, I saw it on GIS and thought it was public. This is a, it's behind the form. I'm not telling you, never mind. I shouldn't say that. Anyway, uh, <laughs> it's, I thought it was public. And I was, people fishing back yeah, sorry. I'm just kidding. Uh, but, uh, he's, I just assumed, which you know what that does. He assumed that it was a public pond for some reason. Even we do have a posted sign out there, but he thought it was public. And so, yeah, respect somebody's land. If you see a, a pond on GIS, you know, ask the person. They may not mind if you uh, fish it. And if you do get permission, please respect their land and pick up your trash. And uh, we have an issue with our place on letting, let's say I let him come fish. And he asked me, I said, yes, you can come fish because you're my friend. I like you. You can come fish. No problem. So then he comes and fishes. And then next weekend he comes and he brings his college roommate and his three kids and you know, seven people are out there fishing. We have that issue a lot too. But mm-hmm. so you get permission. That's for you to go fishing. If you want somebody else to come, get permission from them. Don't bring a busload of kids or whoever out there. Um, let's see. Anything else with fishing that we need to talk about for this area that will be pertinent? You think? Um, well, pretty much statewide. Check your regulation digest to know the size and krill limit for any game fish you're going after. So if you're going for bass or brim, check to see if there's a limit on that body of water. Um, like bass statewide, you can pretty much have five bass, largemouth bass, that to be 14 inches at a minimum. Two can be under that 14 inch, but some bodies of water might be different. So that's why it's important to have a regulations digest either with you, download it on your phone, or just go to the website and know if you're fishing the Noose River, Lake Wheeler, Falls Lake, what's the limit on that body of water. Um, Beyond that, for non-game species, a lot of people will throw a cast net to try to catch like some shad and stuff like that for bait. You cannot catch and keep game fish. That's one of the things we see a lot during the summer. Somebody will throw a net. They're fishing for bait, but then they pull it up, and there's some brim or small bass in there, and they'll keep them anyway because they've already caught them. But because it's a game fish, there's more regulations on them. They're higher, They're protected as a game species, so you cannot keep those with the net. You have to use a hook and line. Yeah, the Regulations Digest is a good uh, good book to have. They come out August every year, August yep. 1st. Every year they're free. You can pick them up at a store where you yeah. get your fishing license, or if you want to do it online, they'll mail it to your house for free. Yeah, So, uh, and most of the rules in there, or all the rules in there, I'm sure, are on the website too. So if you want to look on your phone, and I've done that several times, duck hunting, I'm like, oh, shoot, I forgot the bag limit on whatever it may be. So put it up on your phone. Everybody's got a smartphone now. It's 2022. So uh, make sure you follow the rules, whether it be turkey hunting or boating or fishing or whatever you may be doing. So the regulations digest is good. Like you said, body of the water, even at the, at the coast, I know like, you know, rules may be one way here that you go a hundred yards this way and it's a different set of rules or whatever it may be. So, uh, make sure before you go anywhere, you study up on that area. Uh, fishing comes boating. Of course, it's time to go out to the, to the reservoir, the lake or the beach and jet skiing and boating and hanging out and having a good time with your friends. Uh, safety wise, of course, make sure you follow all the proper rules for that as well. Um, you know, obviously the boat's got to be registered with the state of North Carolina. What's the what's the uh, minimum? What, what's the rules on registering register a boat? Is there a certain length that's got to be, or any boat's got to be registered, or how does that work? So a boat has to be registered when the man the method of propulsion is anything other than manual. So if you're okay. paddling a kayak or a paddleboard, those don't have to be registered. If you have a John boat and all you're doing is paddling, 
doesn't have to be registered. As soon as you put a trolling motor or a gas motor on there, mm-hmm. now you got to register it. You throw power to it, you got to have it registered. So yep. we do not do that. We sell license here. Uh, I don't know the closest place. I know Surf and Turf and Selma used to register boats. I don't know who does it now close by Smithfield here. DMV will register okay. a boat. There you go. Uh, make sure you follow the rules, of course, the Regulations Digest and the website, too. If you have a boat that's registered, uh, you have proper life jackets, PP, not PP, PFDs, I'm like PP, fire department. No, uh, make sure you have your life jackets on there, of course, fire extinguishers, all that kind of stuff. Uh, if you get checked, they will check those things, I promise. And uh, so make sure you follow the proper safety protocol. Each boat is registered. What's the rule? on? I know there's like different limits on how many people can be on boats. Does that apply to any registered boat or how does that work? So most of your boats will have a occupant capacity, little placard on the boat, and it'll tell you, hey, this boat's rated for seven people or this amount of weight. It's, it's one or the other. It's not both. So okay. if you have seven people or if you have five people on there, but you have several hundred pounds of equipment with you, well, now you need to go based on the poundage, not the person. Okay. So, But that will be on most – any new boat will have a capacity plate on it. Okay. Uh, let's see. Obviously, uh, driving a car in North Carolina, don't drink and drive, don't drive impaired. Find a driver to get you home safely. And boating is the same way. If you want to go out to the island at Moorhead or Swansboro or Radio or Coast Guard Island or you're out fishing with your buddies or whatever you may be, and uh, you enjoy an adult beverage, by all means, you know, certainly can do that. But when you're driving a boat, you can get a DWI. What's the, D, what, what's the proper term for that if you're driving a boat? So we call it operating while impaired because you're okay. operating the boat, similar like driving a car. OWI. OWI. So if you're at the same rule, .08, is that right? Or what's the limit on driving yeah. a boat? So .08, you're automatically considered impaired. Okay. Um, so if, if you blow and it's a .08, you can be walking just fine. Technically, yeah. you can be placed under arrest for being impaired. Um, you can be under that point of weight and still be considered impaired and be arrested. So if you're somebody who never drinks, let's say you right. never drank in your life, you go out to the lake with your buddies and you have several beers, you're at a point oh four, but you can't walk straight. You can't you still be, say your name. You can still be arrested. The safest way to think of it is don't drink anything and drive a boat. So, uh, you know, the beach, obviously the beach, summertime, uh, but even around Johnson County and Wilson, people go to Buckhorn a lot. I know on Sundays and Saturdays at Buckhorn, but just please be safe. Obviously look after yourself, but not only yourself, if you're driving a boat, you know, it's 50 miles an hour across Buckhorn. You're worried about the people around you too. Mm-hmm. Uh, your passengers on your boat, other boats out there as well. And, uh, so if you want to, if you have a, any kind of adult beverage, the safest thing to do is find somebody else to drive the boat. Uh, Let's see. So the sun goes down. I know you have to have what's – the, what's the rules on lighting? I know you have to have a green light, red light, back light, top light. What's the, what's the rules on lights? So you have a red and green light at the front, yep. and then you have an all-around white light at the back, okay. which is your anchor or stern light. Once it becomes sunset, though, all three of those have to be on if you're operating. If you drop your anchor, you can turn off the red and green light, but your anchor light has to stay on at all times. If you're in the middle of the lake at night, um, if you've been out at night, you, you know it's, you can't see anything. Black. So that's why that anchor light has to stay on. I, I know some people will try to go fishing at night and they want to turn it off because the mosquitoes and the right. gnats are bugging them. But yeah, leave at least that white light on if you're just going to sit there with the anchor down. As soon as you pick up the anchor and you start moving, you need to turn on your front two lights. Because yeah. otherwise, you're not going to know which direction the boat's moving. They might see that white light, but it's hard at night to right. see where exactly is it going. It can lead to an accident. We don't want to have to yeah. go and do it, a report and an investigation on an accident where somebody's hurt or you know, possibly dead. Yeah. So 
I know turkey hunting now this weekend. We're in turkey mode, but after you say like after turkey mode, which is only four, four weeks in a four week five season, weeks. five week yep. season. After that, you transition more to fishing mode, boating mode. Uh, so from a boating standpoint, where do you patrol? And I mean, Johnson County, a whole, a whole pile of public water. I know they're like the Noose River and Little River and things like that. But you said you go to Wake County too. Yeah, during the summer, a lot of times I'm on either Falls Lake or Harris okay, Lake is where I'm normally at during the summer. Well, we also do patrol the Noose River and some of the smaller yeah. water here. Yeah, so uh, very important to uh, follow the rules of boating, fishing, of course, turkey hunting as well. But uh, this uh, rules are in place for a reason. Like I said, safety is always our most important uh, important goal is to be safe for you and everybody else around you too. But anything else on boating that I missed? So I would also say, um, just like you talk about your hunter ed instructor, yeah. where you need to take your hunter ed class before you can get your hunting license. Well, there's also a boating education course that you need to take before you operate a boat if it has a motor that's greater than a 9.9 horsepower motor. Hmm. If you're born before 1988, you don't necessarily have to take that class, but anybody born after that date to operate a boat by yourself, you'd have to have that class. There you go. And even if you are outside that window, you're born before then, I'd still recommend it because these things we just talked about, yeah. that's all covered in there. That way you can be aware of these laws. You know when to turn your lights on. You know that on the water, alcohol impacts you even quicker than it does on land. Like one beer on the boat is about three beers on land. Right. So you learn all that stuff in that class. They're free. You can go to our website, ncwildlife.org, and you can sign up for either an in-person class or an online version. I took that at Howl Woods years ago. Mm-hmm. We had a river house between Bath and Bellhaven. I had jet skis and... I was probably 12 or 13 or something. But anyway, we went and took that class. My mom and sister and I went and took it and uh, learned a lot of information. So that's a good class. So if you're, you said before 88, let's say, what, is there a minimum age to operate a vessel by yourself for getting a class altogether? Is it, do you have to be a certain age to operate a boat or not? No, not by, the only one would be for a jet ski. You'd have to be at least 14 yeah. on a jet ski. Um, but for a regular boat, there's no minimum age. It's kind of up to the parent to decide yeah. okay. if their child is mature enough to handle right. that boat so take the class no matter what but it's up to the parents on who how old it's like atvs is there a atvs is it 16 to operate a four-wheeler by yourself or is there a rule on that i'm not sure Offering. we don't yeah. we don't we're not discussing ATV laws okay i know the sticker on the atv says i think 16 wearing a helmet but uh young folks i don't know and old folks act like young folks uh it's always good to err on the safe side of judgment so um, let's see, turkey hunting, fishing, boating. What else? That it? I believe so. Um, I will say if you're in Johnston County and you need to talk to a wildlife officer, you can reach out to me directly. My number is 919-621-1684. Uh, if you're driving and you need to write that down, just pull over first, please. <laughs> and um, we can post that too on our stuff. And that's really, I mean, that's, it's, uh, don't feel bad. It's kind of like uh, reporting things, the highway patrol, whatever it may be, the sheriff's office. You know, it's always good to err on the safe side. But uh, we'll post this contact information as well. But if you see something suspicious or something you think they need to look into in Johnson County, uh, contact him. Yes, contact me with questions, concerns, or if you have a report, you think somebody is baiting turkeys, you think they're shooting 10 turkeys instead of their two for the season, all that stuff. I cannot work it all by myself. I'm right. one person, even though there's a second officer in Johnson County. Johnson County is a huge county. There's yeah. a ton of stuff. We need help getting those reports. It helps guide us so that way we can better protect the resource. And there actually is a program to help people when they call that stuff in. 
They stay anonymous. It doesn't go into the court system. It just helps us know how to focus our efforts, but it's called the wild tip program. And you can do that for any County. So if you are down in Hyde County and you see something, yeah. you can go to this wild tip program. It's on our website, keeps you anonymous, but as long as you provide your information that doesn't go to the court system. But if that person is convicted after that officer is able to hopefully catch them, maybe shooting 20 deer at night, right? that person could be eligible for reward money up to a thousand dollars per conviction. There you go. So I don't know that either. We'd want you to call us because it's the right thing to do, but there is also some incentive behind it as yeah. well. Yeah, spotlighting and shooting too many doves or deer or ducks or too early or too late or out of season or any of that stuff that you suspect is going on, um, give them a shout. I'm sure there's a number you can call with a state or come by here and we can figure out a way to contact somebody. But always better to be safe than sorry. That's right. Um, so, yeah, I think that's pretty much it. I appreciate that. It's good. Very sure. informative. A lot of a lot of uh, good information and uh, safety tips there. And I think, you know, season one ended a few months ago. Season two is probably going to go for a few months here till midsummer. And then we'll start a third season this fall going into hunting season. And we can, maybe we can get them back to talk. Uh, most of you folks around this area I know care about duck hunting and deer hunting and all that kind of good stuff. So maybe do another episode sometime later in the year. On all that kind of good stuff. So uh, thank you. I appreciate that. Yes, sir. Absolutely. Hope uh, hope you all enjoyed that. Like I said, this is season two, episode one of Taking It Outside, filmed right here inside Spring Hill Outfitters. I will say one change for this year. We're not going to have an episode every Friday. Every other Friday or as necessary, we're going to try to have an episode coming out. But uh, So make sure you subscribe to all of our channels so you know when the new episodes come out. When they do come out, it will be on Friday, and I'm sure we'll do another one hopefully next week as well to uh, recap opening day of turkey season, recap the Strut Masters, and uh, also recap a little political event that's happening across the road at the farm tomorrow as well. So uh, anyway, we'll probably get back into it next week. But until then, thank you all. Check out our website, springyelloutfitters.com. Lots of new product we brought in since we last spoke, uh, one of these being my sunglasses I have here. From Leopold. They make rifle scopes and now they make sunglasses. I'm sorry, protective eyewear. No, performance eyewear, not sunglasses. Uh, we carry Leopold sunglasses now. Uh, lots of spring stuff, Yeti, uh, Kamado Joe, Columbia, Costa, Leopold, course guns and ammo. So springhilloutfitters.com. Check it all out there. We'll come out of store, Interstate 95 at exit 101 between Smithfield and Wilson between Miami and Maine. We're right here in the great heart of Johnston County and would love for you to come by and check us out. Uh, thanks again to Joel for all the work that he does at Joel Gilly Productions. Thank you again for being here. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. And uh, we'll see y'all next time. And until then, don't forget to take it outside. <laughs>